Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood. You know, the real conversations. Tips and tricks. Products we love. And brands we can't live without. Let's get into it. It's not looking pretty this end. Oh, so chicken pot hell. <laughs> Poor Luna Bug. Oh. Genuinely, when we recorded the Tuesday's episode, I think I came on and was like, making a joke at Jake. Not a joke, but as in being quite lighthearted about it because the blisters hadn't really come through. Ge- yeah. Genuinely, there isn't a millimeter on her body that isn't covered in pox. Oh, and poor thing. Her. I mean, when I tell you she's been like writhing around in pain for days we're in like a dark room the only thing that's working now well we've got like a bit of a good system going on so firstly thank you to everybody that sent all the suggestions in the calamine lotion was drying her out and it doesn't really work the way the poxil i think it's called poxlin yes um, yeah doing poxlin pyroton cowpole and i tell you what the best thing was the oat bath oh yeah lots of people said that didn't they so what do you do you put oats in a sock like one of Doz's right? big socks and yeah. then loads of oats in and then we, we filled up like a warm bath and we just let the oats infuse. And actually yeah. we've had we've had the oat bath going for a couple of days now and I just keep topping it up with hot water and I just basically have her in there for I mean, like we were in there at like four o'clock in the morning and I was just squeezing oh it out on her back because it's the only it's the only relief. But they're everywhere. Oh and like she's even got them in like her privates and like it's just so, so, so sad. Yeah. Um so I don't know, there's there's big discussion about the vaccine which you know we, we can touch on at another date but yeah th- this the doctor said this was a particularly bad bout so yeah. sending love to anyone else that's going through it yeah I actually I've seen a lot of people um you know on Instagram and just friends um that's little ones have got chicken pox at the moment it's yeah. like it kind of comes in um, fits and starts doesn't it you kind of hear about loads of people having it and then you don't hear about it for ages have you always had it I don't, oh, you don't know. really know yeah do you? I've said yeah. that oh, Gigi hasn't um but Axel may have done um so I, I guess only time will tell won't it maybe yeah. I don't know maybe I'll maybe I'll have a look into the vaccine and just see it's an interesting one we have to pay for it it's 140 pounds you can get it yeah. done at Boost. um so that, that's why I don't appear on this podcast um today because I literally couldn't leave Luna for a second so I apologize but Georgie did actually a sterling had job. no sleep <laughs> had no you? Sleep. you said you're like I've had about five minutes sleep um which is fitting for this podcast because it's all about sleep and it's one of our favorite topics with two of our favorite humans so should we get into the chat yeah who are we chatting to today george today we are chatting to the lovely gem and eve from calm and bright sleep Joining us on the podcast today, Gem and Eve from Calm and Bright Sleep Support. Now, we've had these girls on the podcast before, um, and I mean, 
any parent listening will know that sleep is such a huge topic to cover. And so it's obviously one that we want to keep covering because new things come up season to season, different sort of methods come out, different, I guess, research develops. Um, So we wanted to get the girls back on. And just to start off, I wanted um, you guys to sort of tell the listeners about your kind of method and, and why you think it's so important. Sure. So our approach is... I think it's fair to say that it's like no other in the sense that we're not that interested in the technical um, sort of temperature and blackout lines. And that's all relevant, but people get really fixated on things needing to be right in order for sleep to be right. And actually, it's so much less about that, so much more about where we're at as parents, what kind of pregnancy and birth we had, how we're feeling, Mm. whether we're experiencing mental health problems, whether we've got other siblings, whether we've got something on our emotional horizon, like going back to work. All these things impact how we feel about doing sleep teaching. So our approach Mm. is all about being baby led. There's no times in it. There's no like rigid structure. Nobody like knows that half the time. They're like, what? What do you mean there's no times? Because we're all about going with the flow and being led by the baby. And so that might mean that we're looking at wake windows. So that's really important, G. So it's much more about how long they've been awake than what time they go down. Um, yes. yeah, it's got to fit around life. I just don't get how people can be like, right, 9am, there's a nap, no matter what. And then you've got the school run. I don't get how your men are. And then you feel like a failure. I felt <laughs> like that. Yeah, I felt like that with Gigi because with Axel, I sort of felt like I cracked it. I think it was about 12 weeks. I felt like I, I'd really got into sort of the swing of it. And he was sleeping from maybe like, 10 at night till seven in the morning and I thought well, look at me I'm so great That's amazing. um but then it came well you know like you say I went to have Gigi and I thought oh I'll just do the same as what I did last time mm. oh hang on a minute but I have to drop Axel to school at mm. nine o'clock and she should be asleep then and I shouldn't yeah. put her in the car and she definitely shouldn't fall asleep in the car seat so what yeah. am I gonna do and it did send me into complete and utter panic yeah um so I love that and also that you call it sleep teaching rather than sleep training yeah I kind of lots of people use the word training and it's got quite negative connotations hasn't Mm. it like you train a dog um so sleep teaching it it, we prefer that term because it's about going on a journey and enabling self-settling and teaching them one of the greatest skills that they have which they actually innately have because babies spend so much time in utero asleep and every time the baby takes longer than 45 minutes ever in the day or night, they are self-settling. They're coming into light sleep and going back into sleep. But back to the routine, it's it can be feel really restrictive if you, if you have set times. And I'm very much a routine person. I actually really like a routine and Eve's a little bit more of a kind of go with it. But our plans work however you want to structure your day. Because if you are baby led, you will get predictability with times. But it's bonkers if your baby's waking at six and they have to have a nap at nine. They might be exhausted by eight, you know? Mm. So it's all about being baby-led. And if you do that, it, it really is quite freeing because it takes the pressure off and you can do whatever you need to in your day. And that's the joy of being baby-led and using awake windows instead of set times. And that's probably one of the biggest things that we advise. And I guess quite often we sort of hear about babies with reflux and, you know, maybe sort mm. of different, I guess, difficulties things going on medical things um can any baby sort of like benefit from these sleep sleep teachings such a good yeah definitely because people think that they have to struggle The, the the truth is that every single 
healthy baby over the age of six plus months is capable of sleeping 11 to 12 solid hours. And people of children of that age and above will be like, well, that's great, but mine don't. And that's fine. And mine didn't. <laughs> that's why I crashed my car <laughs> with my baby in it at 10 months old because I was feeding her on, on newborn regularity still. But the, the news is that it absolutely is possible and that it's possible within a handful of days very often. Not always. Mm. There might be teething. You might be moving house or something. Um, you might be pregnant and want to take it slower or you might want to be even slower and more, more mm. gentle, even more than uh, standard. And it will take a bit longer then. But the truth is that really within two weeks, you can have a full night's sleep on your hands. Anybody. Mm. <laughs> ah, well, Which is really exciting. Like, yeah. it's really exciting. Obviously, we're a team of paediatric nurses and health visitors. We're all practicing NHS professionals. So we understand that there are health obstacles. But most of the time, these can be overcome. And we're all about recommending natural remedies, um, looking at holistic care when we support our families. And it's really hard if your baby has a health need, if they have reflux or if you have a traumatic birth you know, that's a really valid thing. And it can be much more difficult to sleep teach those babies, but it's absolutely achievable. We do it all the time. So. Ah, amazing. I bet everyone listening is like, oh, two weeks, two weeks time. I'm going to be sleeping through the oh. night. Um, I think, I mean, we've had so many questions. I think we're going to kick off with the first one because this has come up a lot and I don't know is it the season but early waking like how do we combat early waking this is your thing GK you go for it she loves an early wake (laughs) I do love an early wake I do love an early wake although Posey didn't get the memo last week because she was actually waking at 5 45 most days so I feel kind of experienced to talk about this today Early wakes are absolutely seasonal. You've got the bird song from 4am. If you live in Devon like I do, there are seagulls squawking from about three. It is not, it's not great. So white noise is great for that, of course, but it is seasonal. But there are also lots of other things that we need to look at, such as day sleep. The number one cause for early wakes is overtiredness. So there's this really common misconception that you need to tire your baby out in order for them to sleep and put them to bed really late because, you know, that will make a difference. But the truth is that exhausted babies wake early. So there is so much that we can do to change that by looking at day sleep. Another huge factor is day sleep needs changing or naps, transitions needing to happen. If if your baby can self-settle, which is ultimately the fundamental thing if your baby is six months and above and isn't self-settling then they're not going to self-settle when they come into light sleep when that melatonin drops between 3 and 4 a.m so it's really important that you know if your baby is waking early but they're not self-settling that would be the thing that we would look at first but also day sleep is hugely impactful nap transition nap transitions and there's so much that you can do to help and also you know not starting your baby's day until an acceptable wait time when I tell our clients that they can choose when their baby wakes within reason they're like what do you mean and within three days that's happened you absolutely start your baby's day when you're ready within reason for us 6am is an acceptable wake time but loads of our families have later wake-ups so it really can be better and we've got an early wakes plan which has got all of the tools and tips and tricks that you need um but yeah there's so much you can do to help and what about for like older children so like you know school age children actually Mm. my younger Gigi sleeps in and I have to mm. wake her up sometimes for um, for school and stuff like that. Whereas Axel, he, you know, 
on average, he'll wake up about half six, seven, and he goes downstairs and sorts himself out. But sometimes I'll wake up at quarter past six and I go downstairs, he's dressed, he's eating a croissant, (laughs) he's watching TV and I think, "Mm, what time did you wake up? Yeah, you're ready for the day, mate. Yeah, you you (laughs) look like you've been awake for a long time. I want some of what Axel's having for the morning. (laughs) Me too. Me too. On Sunday morning this week, we woke up and it must have been about, yeah, 10 past six. And he had Alexa on downstairs so loud. I can't even tell you. Like literally this music blaring out, (laughs) singing away. And I thought, oh my God, like first of all, neighbours, like what must they think? Like he's singing at the top of his lungs at that time (laughs) in the morning. But also what time did he get up? to be this energetic, this energetic. So he obviously doesn't have naps. Yeah, and is he is he yeah, hanging at the other end of the day or is he fine? Um, I'd say he's okay. Yeah, I mean, he goes to bed quite early, um, but he does a lot, I don't know. He's, he's, he's very active. What sort of time so is he asleep he probably... by most days? And don't make it sound any better, because honestly, mine were asleep by half nine last night, so whatever. Well, <laughs> at the weekend, it's yeah. late. So at the weekend, we do find it is like more... 8.30 because we've yeah. been out for the day and all of that. But yeah. in the week, I am pretty yeah. strict. Like, he, they are in bed before 7. And most nights, he is asleep. He is one of those, like, he crashes. Like, he's so exhausted. Whereas Gigi probably sits in her cot and plays for a little bit and all of that. Whereas he does literally go, <gasps> and just pass well, out. What you could do so is, because he, is he needs his 11 to 12 hours, almost certainly. So what you could do, especially as you're saying that he literally conks out, you could have him asleep mm. by six, half six, if he's going to wake around six anyway, because it'll just give you that extra hour yeah. with Gigi. So, and, he, and he'll probably, what happens is it's a bit of a cycle, but if he catches up on his 11 to 12 hours for about, what, Gem, three, five nights, you might then find you yeah. can start to budge it back to seven and it might follow on through to seven in the morning yeah just for a little bit and actually sometimes just doing that g is enough to tackle the early wake people are like that's mad like but half six I know it's it's more it's tough in the summer to do that but ideally just like Eve said just a few nights of doing that for the rest of this week I'm pretty sure that'll help yeah um I was just going to say, because I think sometimes when they go to school, you think, mm. God, I'm se- I'm putting him to bed so early. Yeah. Especially, he's in year one, but he's the baby of year yeah. one. So he's still yeah. five, nearly yeah. six. And some children are going to bed at eight o'clock. And I feel yeah. like the big bad wolf yeah. sending yeah. him to bed at like 6.30. But yeah. I guess it, every, every child. I'm different. like that with mine yeah. at the moment. And I'm sort of... I basically believe that if you start bedtime a good half an hour to an hour earlier, it doesn't feel later for them. So if I'm doing mm. dinner at, instead of half quarter to six, I'm thinking about five, then we're like, right, yeah. let's watch a bit of TV. Then it's half five. And then I'm like, right, let's go for the bath at half five. I know it's half five and crazy, but then it's still an hour and a half before they're going to bed. So mm. I think doing everything a little bit earlier, a really common trap that people fall into is, they they don't seem tired, right? Because they're wired, because they're knackered. And when we're knackered, whether we're a baby or a 90-year-old, we get an injection of cortisol and adrenaline into our bloodstream. And that's why you and me might be doing the nodding dog at 6 p.m. But come 11, we're like that on Instagram, wide awake, um, or one, whatever it is. And that's because we've gone past it. So our children will often appear really lively. Like my kids at half six will be like literally like having a rave. But I know it's because they're knackered. And what a lot of parents would do and what I used to do is go, oh, they're not tired yet. 
Then I go up towards more towards eight o'clock and then they've literally lost it. And then you're looking at a two hour settle. So for example, if my eight year old goes to sleep before eight, she'll go to sleep in 15 minutes. If I put her in bed quarter past eight, I'm looking at half nine, quarter to 10. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. completely get that and also mm. you know you just say as adults we get wired I always think that like because if you go on like a weekend away with the girls or you know whatever and you you're not really getting very much sleep I find myself like delirious yeah like, really hyper and giggly yeah. and laughing at everything manic. Yeah. whereas if I yeah Same. a bit manic Same. so yeah. I guess kids are just like that all yeah. the time Exactly. That's such a good point, G. Children are exactly the same. Um, yeah. And it's, it's a, people come to us all the time and say, oh, my baby doesn't sleep. They don't like sleep. They're not tired, but they are past it, you know, really past it. So the good news is you can do loads to help with that. So it's not, you know, it's not a bad thing. We can help. So there's, a, there's quite a few questions on this. Three-year-old happy in cot. What age should I transition someone else? How to move a toddler from a cot into a bed? Another one. Yeah, there's, there's a lot. So how do we do there's that? Yeah. So don't do it until you're ready, basically. <laughs> I know I that sounds bonkers. But genuinely, my three boys were three when I moved them. And, and they were close to school age. And I'm not ashamed to admit that because... I know, and with my first one, I did the transition. I I tried to do the transition a bit early. They're two, they want a quilt. They've come out of their grow bag. Oh, I want to do their room. Nah, you do not want to be doing that too early. It, it, It can really cause problems. And if cognitively your toddler doesn't understand that they're having this transition and it's too soon for them, then it's like with anything it's like with potty training when they're ready it can be done in a it week yeah. you know when they're ready to do the transition it won't be a problem and our biggest tip with the transition when you are ready is don't tell them not to get out of bed because if you're if you've got this new room and you're doing it and gosh I did this with Toby with Louis and Kit I was different but with Toby I was like now you mustn't get out of bed because you've got this lovely thing and you don't need to get out of bed because I've done all of this he got out of bed right because I put the idea in his mind yeah. so Keep it super chilled. To him or to her, it's their cot still. You might have just taken the sides off, you know? So just keep it super chilled and keep those loving boundaries in place from the start. Because if you get into kind of staying and, you know, holding hands while they go off to sleep, it's quite hard to break that cycle. Yeah. 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 Actually, I'm going to do that with Gigi. She's nearly three. She'll be three next month. Um, And I keep thinking about, oh, maybe I should take the sides off. But actually, maybe I won't. I might well just leave her until she decides that she wants to start climbing out. There are some families that have to do it. If, you know, you've got a little Houdini that's trying to climb out of the cot, then yeah, of course you have to do it. But um, just wait till you're ready. It's like with anything, it's got to come from you and you've got to be ready to do it. And they'll just be led by you because that's kind of how it works, you know? Six month old, still doing 30 minute naps. Now you touched on this 45 minute thing earlier. Whether your baby is six months, eight months, 10 months, 12 months, 18 months, two, two and a half. If your baby is doing either short naps or night waking, the very first port of call is getting them to go through the night. And you do that through teaching self-settling. So that's the very first thing. We'll answer this, but I just want to say first that the number one cause of, of night waking is that they're having something done to get them to sleep or back to sleep. So if when they wake or go to sleep initially, we feed, pat, rock, stay, co-sleep, 
There's nothing wrong with those things, but that's what they'll learn they need before they go to sleep. So it's not so much that they need it, it's that they don't know any other way. So the first thing, right. the very first thing for short naps of 30 minutes is I would put like a thousand pounds, I probably shouldn't say that out loud, on the fact that this baby isn't self-soothing. So they're going to be being put to sleep. And that might look like feeding to sleep or any of the things I mentioned. And what happens is when they've done their sleep cycle, which is between 30 and 90 minutes, depending on their age, they're going to come into light sleep, which, by the way, they're supposed to do. We all do it. It's healthy. It's what we're supposed to do. And then they're going to go, where's that boob, bottle, motion, whatever? Where where is that? And because it's not there, because they had it at the beginning, they're like, where is it? Whereas if once we fed them and given them a cuddle and had some fresh air or whatever else it is we do, we put them down and they take themselves over the finish line to sleep. When they come into light sleep, they're like, oh yeah, this is the environment I went to sleep in. I'll go back to sleep. So the first thing is to enable self-settling with these 30 minute naps. The second thing is always to feed before a nap. Now there's this huge culture which came up understandably, it wasn't wrong. And it's the whole, um, let them wake up and then feed them. And the reason they did that is to move food away from sleep because we don't want them to fall asleep on the boob for the reason that I mentioned, right? But you can still separate feeding from sleeping without moving it right to the other end of the day, feed right before a nap, then their belly's full, their digestion's working. So they're going to be, you know, like you have a Christmas dinner, you're digesting like that. Mm. (laughs) So yeah, so feeding Mm. before a nap, um, the self-settling and the other really important one is understanding the nap gap. People keep their babies awake way too long. So at six months, they want to be asleep within two hours of waking, having had a feed, having had a nappy change and all of that. So it's such a short period of time. Yeah, I always found that that first nap of the day like a game changer and then if we got that in and that was sort of whoever actual Gigi had that for like an hour or whatever 45 minutes I found like the rest of the day Mm. was so much easier and nicer and also that's a good time to like get yourself ready as well and that is the easiest nap of the day so if you can understand the nap gaps which are in our book by the way they're all in there from birth through to age six all the gaps are in there so if you can get the nap gaps right, give them a full belly. We talk about the three Fs, don't we, Jen? Fresh air, food, and fire yeah, before a nap. I love it. And then if you can do that, feed before a nap and get them to self-settle. Honestly, you're looking at two, two and a half hour naps at six months, twice in a day, yeah. and then another cat nap later on. It can just be transformational, can't it? And obviously for babies under the age of six months, I talk about this a lot in the book and in our plans, but throughout the fourth trimester and for the first, certainly the first four to five months, doing contact sleep, is the best way to help babies to learn how to link in their sleep cycles so that when you get past that point, past the four-month mark, they're already used to taking longer sleep. So this whole building a rod through and back in the first three months is complete cod swallow, I nearly swore then. Um, you basically you just need to you basically just need to go with it. You need to just go with it. And there's no such thing as bad habits in the first five months. It doesn't actually exist. So the most important thing for naps before six months is helping your baby to link in their sleep cycles. And some do it on their own beautifully, um, but it, it depends on the baby, you know? Yeah, okay. And so that's things like not rocking them to sleep. Is it that kind of yeah. stuff? So that they they learn yeah. to do it themselves. But only yeah, past right. six, six months, months yeah. So that's really natural at the beginning. And people can rock them to sleep after six months. There's nothing wrong with it, but it won't go hand in hand with best sleep. That's as simple as that, yeah? We'll be right back after this short break. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Welcome back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Now, where were we? This is interesting. Baby's 12 weeks old and has day and night backwards. Oh. How do I fix it? This is really common. And honestly, I was chatting to him yesterday in the inbox over on Instagram about this. So in the first three months, babies sleep a huge amount in the daytime. It's really normal. Like I said, we're all about going with the flow and doing everything completely baby-led. When babies reach the 12-week mark, they start to produce melatonin, which is that sleepy hormone, which doesn't exist in the first three months of the baby's life. So when that comes, it can obviously wreak havoc with sleep short term. But ultimately, that's when your baby needs to start having a day and a night. It's, it's after the three-month mark. So what the things that you can do to help with that are making sure that your baby doesn't, doesn't take longer than three hours for a nap in the daytime. Um, structuring feeding a little bit, which you can absolutely do from the three-month mark, be that breast or bottle feeding, you can structure feeds a bit more. And you want that biggest into sleep to be at night. So obviously you wouldn't do the three-hour thing through the night if your baby was naturally sleeping, you would let them do. And from 12 and eight weeks, if your baby's had a feed at, at bedtime and they've had a dream feed at 10, if they wake at 11, they're not hungry so help them to link in their sleep cycles. We do that by using our gentle baby method, which isn't actually active sleep teaching, but but there are lots of different ways that you can do it. But just be mindful that from 12 weeks, because of that production of melatonin, babies are definitely capable of four-hour stints, five-hour stints. So don't feed it every time. And there's, I talk about this a lot on the page, but the reason that breastfed babies wake more frequently through the night is nothing to do with the milk. The milk is the same. So the formula doesn't fill them up anymore. What happens is if you bottle fed your baby five ounces at 6 p.m. and they woke at eight, you know that they've had six ounces. They don't need another feed. But if you're breastfeeding um, and then your baby wakes again frequently, there's this kind of, there's this uncertainty about what they've had. So breastfed mums and I was one of them and one of them, Eve was, and we did lots of mixed feeding, but you, you just assume that they need more. So it's about having the confidence that if my baby's had a lovely 15 minute breastfeed at six months, they're not going to be hungry in an hour. That's newborn feeding. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Um, I always say like when my friends have babies, I'm always like, 
teach them day and night as early as you can. (laughs) So I remember it was was August when Axel was born and we'd literally shut all the shutters at seven o'clock and literally have the house really, really quiet. I was was pretty crazy about it, to be honest, but um, I do think it makes such a difference. Yeah, definitely. Um, Tips on room sharing for a baby and a toddler. Both sleep through, but toddler's an early riser. Do you want to do that one, Gem, seeing as you've always done room sharing? Yeah, so I think people get really anxious about either doing the transition to moving their baby in with their other child but there is so much that you can do if your older child is old enough talk to them about how things are going to be different and that you're you know it might be that your little brother or sister might wake a little bit um but we're just teaching them how to do this so that's if you're doing sleep teaching if you're not and I think in this instance um the lady said that her babies are self-settling so white noise is the most important thing it doesn't need to be a funky you know machine it needs to be continuous it needs to be the same volume as a running shower so quite loud and it needs to not kind of switch off because it's the continuity that helps promote deeper sleep cycles we just use a free app on a device that's on airplane mode and pink noise is my favorite but everybody's different brown or pink noise is great um how are we like even saying brown noise pink noise though like what even is that (laughs) but you know those are the better noises to have and talking to the toddler and just like creating an allegiance with them and being like right that baby is asleep but if you creep down the stairs and if you're really quiet then and then fill in the gaps mum and you can have breakfast together or whatever and and then when they do it you know loads of praise oh you're such a big boy you're Mm. so proud of you I can't believe you smashed that like you know that kind of playful praise yeah Okay. Yeah, that was nice. I love the idea of um, like sibling sharing rooms, but I guess like the practicality is actually quite hard sometimes. Four-year-old not settling at bedtime, not asleep until 8.39 and then so tired. Bless them. There's quite a few um, questions here, like four-year-olds, six-year-olds, like slightly, you know, earlier, uh, earlier, older children who have never slept well or settled themselves. I want to start by saying sending a massive hug out to any mums whose children don't sleep through beyond the age of about one and a half to two when there's a bit of a stigma about it and I also want to secondarily say that I'm a mother of a child who really struggled at the age of eight to sleep through now I won't go too much into my reasons but ultimately the point is that there are always reasons why so for me uh, my marriage was breaking down over the last few years and it was a real um safety net for me to have her in my bed so that we didn't have to sort of share and that that was my reason and and I needed her more than she needed me and then I created a dependency on me and now I've undone it um although when she has health issues that's what we go back to is co-sleeping now there's nothing wrong with that but the first thing I want to say is it's not your fault um and please don't feel bad although also the exhaustion is going to make you feel even worse than you would have done because it it eats away at your sense of self and your worth and your value. So the hug is the first thing, massive one. Like I probably would not let go first on this hug. Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing is, or third thing rather, is that it absolutely can be changed, but it always requires a bit of a digger a, a deeper dig rather so you can tell I haven't had any sleep last night I had three <laughs> hours awake last night so I've got makeup on I never really wear makeup oh. um, so um and that was because she's suffering with constipation and that makes her anxious and it makes her sleep shit and so so I'm speaking from the heart today um but it can be changed it almost always requires someone to one doesn't have to be us 
just find people that you vibe with and that you feel like will really listen to you and get your problem because you can't just be a number and you can't just have a one size fits all. So I'd get some handholding and really, truly, you can seek to turn it around within a week or two again. We've had loads of success with older children and it really is going to be most about seeing to the emotional needs in the daytime um, with golden time, even though it's the last thing that you feel like doing that is quality uninterrupted one-on-one time and that is possible even if you've got other kids and so that you've negated the demands in other words I need a drink I need this I need that we do all of that before bedtime so we're like here's your drink so you don't need to wake up here's your blanket at the yeah. end of the bed if you get cold here, oh we've been we've had two stories we've been to the toilet and so we negate demands which is a massive thing for toddlers and then it really just about sticking to it you could go into your kids room and do a handstand every time they woke up and and you would eventually they would stop because the whole point is it's just doing the same thing and not budging it feels like there's no end in sight I want to let my three-year-old back to his bed 82 times before we'd even had he'd even fallen asleep Mm. but the next time it was 60 and the next time it was 20 and the next time it was five and Mm. then we were done and we've been done but if you cave even if you've done it a hundred times and you cave on the hundredth time it's worth it for them to try another hundred times to go at you again until you cave. So it's just about picking the right time and being really consistent. But first you must understand what's beneath the problems, which I would say often takes them one-to-one. Okay, that sounds good. Yeah, I guess it's, it's difficult, isn't it? When like at four and six in your mm. mind, you think, oh, it'd be absolutely fine at that kind of age. You know, they'll be yeah. sleeping through, no issues, but um, it's not always the case. Gee, I just would urge them to say as well, talk to other people and say it because they feel like, oh my God, I can't believe my child doesn't yeah. sleep. Or, oh my God, I can't believe my child still has a bottle at school. Or I can't believe they're yeah. still in pull-up pants. Or I've got yeah. goosebumps now whenever I speak the truth because the minute you say that out loud, there'll be everyone's going, oh, Thank of course, God you said yeah. that. Yeah. Mine has like a a dummy, and they're at, you know in year one, and there's no shame in it. You know, yeah. they're not going to have it on their no. first date. They're not. You know, no, exactly. It's going to be fine. Yeah. Actually, one of my friend, one of my best friends, she goes into the toilet at work when she's having a bad day and sucks her thumb. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so adorable. The she's thirty three. <laughs> oh my gosh. But no, they're not. No, that's really unusual. Yeah. But do you know what? Axel still wears night pants. Um, yeah. I like, and, and I don't really have, I, I'm not going to take them off like until no. I, I know that I can because yeah. I don't want to rock the boat, really. Okay. Of course not. And there's such a stigma attached to it. Motherhood is really flipping hard. Mm. And there's such a stigma attached to sleep and feeding and, and, and bottles and dummies. And we just need to cut ourselves some slack in each other because we're doing our very best. And that will yeah. always be enough, you know? Exactly. Absolutely. 18-month-old does one long, long stretch at night, but then wakes hourly screaming. Gosh, that's really tough. That is really tough. God, you must be exhausted. So... First of all, why are they waking? What are they waking for? What is happening after that lovely stretch of sleep? If they're doing that lovely stretch of sleep, I would probably rule out teething or something physical because they're already doing it. Um, It might be that teething was the reason they started waking initially and habitual wakes are a real thing if the baby's had teething. And if those increased responses of comfort extend past a point where they need to, that can cause frequent wakes. But I would look at how you're responding, what are you doing, what is the payoff and it can absolutely be better. Please know that it's, you know, your baby's already doing that amazing stint of sleep. It's just about changing that second part of the night, which feels like the biggest mountain to climb when you haven't done it, but it can be better. And that's that's exactly the kind of problem that our plans are for. They're 50 quid 
And the turnarounds, typical turnarounds, three to five days. I think we've got over 250 five-star reviews on Trustpilot of people that have done this kind of thing. So basically don't the the main point of that is it can change but you just need a plan i know and also you can spend 50 quid on a pizza express or change your life it's like yeah yeah so true oh this is really nice it's not a question this is from katrina she says nothing to ask but only to say they are the loveliest oh my god that's so nice nice, isn't it (laughs) thank you three and a half month needs dummy replaced during naps and overnight how should we stop should we stop and yeah and should we stop this is a this is one that comes up all the time on our page as well g so it's a really good one to ask so dummies are not a problem unless they're a problem (laughs) it's really normal for babies to spit out their dummy in the first few months they don't know how to do it from five between five and seven months babies learn how to put the dummy in their self so you can go through this um, and it will be better but if you long term don't want to use a dummy and you're exhausted and you're it's becoming a bit of a crux and you're constantly putting the dummy in then just get rid of it um your baby's just three months old they can absolutely learn how to self-settle without a dummy. Um, dummies are great for reflux, obviously, for lowering um, the risk of SIDS. They, they are very good to use as a pacifying tool, but for some babies, they don't work. So it really depends on the family and how you want to manage the next few weeks, few months. Um, you can sleep teach with a dummy. For those of you listening who have a baby with a dummy that is over the age of six months and you want to keep it, you can do sleep teaching with it. It will work with it or without it so whatever you want to do we will support you yeah and from the age of seven months the other thing just quickly to say is um instead of putting the dummy into their mouth from about seven months old put it into their hand and then use your hand to guide Mm. their hand to their mouth always in the daytime and then at night put what we call a rainbow of dummies around the head so within arm's reach so at least literally i'm talking five to eight i had like eight in my kids rooms and then literally within a couple of days they will just learn to source them themselves so yeah. beyond seven eight months yeah. you you shouldn't be not you shouldn't I don't like shoulds you you need not be putting the dummy back in so if you are if that's the only night wake you get above seven months use that little trick in the rainbow and I and I guarantee you it'll sort it out for you sort it out um, I was actually going to ask about getting rid of a dummy in an older child so Gigi's nearly three and she sleeps with a dummy and it's not an issue because she's just you know sleeps with it and that's all fine but now she's getting older and knowing what she wants more where we went from her not really wanting it in the day not really needing it in the day to like demanding it Mm. like I want my dummy and you think no 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 it's like two o'clock in the afternoon if you have your dummy you're probably going to fall asleep on the sofa and that's Mm. not I don't want that um so yeah how how do you how do you read I guess reteach it's a really simple tool and it's so effective um and I first did it with mine and then we literally advise everyone now and it's as simple as going yes of course you can have me come with me and they lie down in their bed with it and they're like what and you're like oh yeah dummies are for bed so if you'd like it and they're like oh no and then they put it away and if they want it again you're like sure sure come on then let's go lie down let's sleep yes we should definitely sleep the Mm. counter suggestiveness of toddlers uh and then um and they won't they've got to keep under their pillow basically so and when they wake up literally within day you'll be like come on then let's put it under the pillow and they'll be like that and you'll be like and they'll love it they think they're like part of something clever it's mad 
<laughs> yeah, it's really, it's really, that's such a good tactic. I've forgotten so that one actually. Good. And when you are ready to get rid of it, there is so much that you can do. We've actually got an IGTV on our page that I did. The whole journey with getting rid of Kit's dummy is on our page. So from start to finish, exactly what we did, talking to him, he gathered them all up. We wrote a letter to the dummy warrior. He put them all in, in a, in a envelope. We went to the post office. We posted them with Nanny's address on. And because um, I've still got them for their baby boxes. And that was it. And when he, it's that action of babies getting rid of it themselves, toddlers. So yeah. It works really well for two and three-year-olds if you want to get rid of it. It's the action of him doing it. And then when he asked for it, I said, darling, I'm so proud of you that you've done this. But remember that you posted them because you're ready to do this. And tomorrow when you wake up, you're going to have a treat one night. He didn't ever ask for it again. If it's if they're of that age and there's that understanding, the action part is really important. And also not giving it back is super, super important. Yeah, I think we we are going to do that with Gigi soon, but I think I might do that whole daytime thing first so that she yeah, forgets about it. Really in the good day, idea. And yeah. then we'll we'll cut it out. And like we've always said at three, we've always said, okay. And she goes, yeah, at three, I'm going to give my dummies away. And we're like, yeah, yeah. And now we're sort of approaching that birthday. It's like she's yeah. dreading her birthday. She goes, no, oh, no, it's not my birthday. And now I think, oh, okay, oh. we'll leave it. Cheesy, <laughs> you don't need to maybe do Maybe don't do it on the no. same day. Maybe ruin her birthday like I can't I can't go <laughs> with it no oh gosh um okay let's do one one more um of oh, course there's so many but oh listen anybody that doesn't get their question answered literally dm us I'll open a question box after this tell them get on there and ask it and we'll answer every question we ever get we reply to every message people always say I know you won't get this and we're like no we, we will you do you, we you do. reply to every, every message. message okay amazing Okay, this is actually, this is quite a good, a timely question for a lot of people, I'm sure. First family trip coming up and not sure how to deal with prep for baby jet lag advice. Okay, I love this topic. I'm actually doing a hot topic next week on travel. Oh, amazing. Summer holidays, the whole of next week, I'm opening up the questions for that. So go with it. This is your holiday that you've waited for for how long after flipping COVID and all of that crap that we've had to deal with. If you are worrying about restriction and flights and jet lag, you're not going to enjoy the experience. It might be really shit on the plane. They might be awake every hour, but you can totally do this and get through the flight. When I took my three boys to Bali two years ago, three years ago, I had Pyriton Calpol, the works on the flight with me. I ended up necking the Pyriton on the flight because the kids were asleep. Do you know what I mean? Don't worry about it. And yeah, we were in Bali, so they had jet lag. We slept in the same bed. We slept under the stars. It was the most amazing trip of our lives. And when we got home, everything was fine. Let them have late naps. Let them stay up till 10. Enjoy your time and worry about it when you get home. And if self-settling is an issue prior to going away, you can sort that too. It might be that you can sort it before you go away. We're talking three to five days of sorting sleep, you know. But please enjoy your time away. I'm going to talk about this next week. So head over to Carmen Bright Sleep Support, which is our Instagram page. And I'll be talking about it next week in great detail. Yeah, and also, G, um, two of Gemma's kids had really bad colds for the flight. They were all bunged up. So she had the period 
coats on ready to literally open up the airways yeah. and be like, oh, okay. Yeah. And they're also sleep really well. Didn't need it. They were ill. They were Didn't on a need flight it. and they were perfect. Yeah. Do you know what? Yeah. I actually listened to Stacey Dooley on a podcast. I think it must have been yesterday. I was listening to her on Alan Carr's podcast and she was talking about giving her child. No, it can't have been Stacey Dooley. No, it wasn't. It was Angela Scanlon. Stacey Dooley doesn't have children. It was Angela Scanlon. She was talking about giving her child Pyroton on the flight. And I think she'd spoken to like a pharmacist or a friend yeah. who was a doctor, something like that. And she said, yeah, yeah, like it's totally a thing like to give children Pyroton to make them sleepy on a plane. Like loads of people do it, you know, don't worry about it. But she went, but there, there can be the opposite side effect. So they it can actually make them really hyper. I didn't know that. It can, yeah, yeah it can. But the chances mm. are really low and all of that. Anyway, so she, she gives her child Pyroton <laughs> before the flight. Stop. And she was running around like and she had that reaction to oh it so my she gosh, that sounds like a nightmare complete i think she was going to mexico or somewhere like that so a long oh, flight wow um, made her completely yeah like hyper thank god it wasn't four kids so <laughs> i know i know so <sighs> i think sometimes like with the best will in the world it's always going to be it's always going to be worth it that's what I think with flights you can have an amazing flight you can have a crap flight it is always going to be worth it it's almost always not as bad as you think and that's true of everything in life they get a sickness bug and you're like oh my god we're not going to sleep for a week and it's like oh I was woken once or not at all so you know always don't don't catastrophize it's very easy to do but it's almost always better than you think yeah absolutely I mean we could go on all day but if we haven't answered your question um then do head over to the calm and bright Instagram page um and hopefully you can get a response through there but thank you thank you for having us honestly we love talking to you guys because we literally feel like we're just on the sofa chatting to a mate which is really nice I love it Love it, it's, yeah, it's such a it, yeah. I mean, you girl, you completely speak our language, and we love that. There's no pressure around it, and it's not you have to do this, no. you have to do that. You need to be mm. super strict. Um, so yeah, thank you. Again, and I'm that. sure it will have helped a lot of people. So thank you. Oh, well done, George, Eve, oh. and Jem. Aren't they just the best guests to have on? <laughs> they really are, and I wish we'd known them like back when Axel and Luna were little because they are so great. Like I just love that they. They say, you know, we're not about strict times. We're like, we let the baby, you know, the baby lead when they want to have a nap. And it's just all about, yeah. I just, I just really love that philosophy. You, you didn't tell them, however, that Luna sort of still looks at my face now and goes, but I hate sleep, mummy. <laughs> and I'm like, of course you do. This is You're why we daughter. needed them. This is why we <laughs> needed them back then, because they would have changed those habits. I, I, do you know what? Genuinely, Axel, okay, I was pretty strict with his sleep, but he would, he it was a lot longer for him to sleep through the night than Gigi all that stuff he's the one who wakes up at 5 45 6 o'clock whatever it is Gigi I don't know if it's because I I don't know like I knew what I was doing more or whatever she'll sleep in like I feel like it's it's just carried on I don't know if it back when we first you know when they yeah. were very first born because we got them into a really good sleep patterns like yep. Gigi in a really good sleep pattern early on it's just carried it's just carried through right um so who knows 
Well, Germany, I don't know. where we've, were you? We've just got, we, we were hanging out together, obviously, every single day at that time. So I think we've just produced a couple of little ravers in Luna oh. and Axel. They just want to get on with the day. Yes, exactly. um, We're going to kick off with our Hero Sleep products. So these are like our products that we have sworn by since, you know, the kids were little. Um, the first one um, from me, and I guess it, not since Luna was a baby, but for me has been the Grow Clock. It was, it was like a big turning point. The minute she could understand yeah. waiting for her son to come up was when we started to break the 5.15 starts and Luna yeah. will now come in between 6 and 6.15. I mean, very, very, very rarely does it start with the 5. Um, and actually, that's okay. During the summer months, I'm not that bothered. But she does know how to wait for it. She does understand it, you know, and she does understand that 6.30 is the right time to wake up now. Yeah, and I think anything with a 6 at the beginning it's is fine. fine. Even 5.55, not fine. No, no, no. 6.01, <laughs> fantastic. I can handle it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I think this, for me, this is something that I've used both both with um, with both Axel and Gigi, and sometimes I, I bring it back out. Like if we go go away and there's quite a lot of noise, or I don't know, we've got building work going on and, and Gigi's need to nap. I bring it back out. It's a white noise machine. Yeah. Don't particularly have a specific brand because I think any that just stay on continuously do like that they do the job yeah so on amazon I, th- I did have a little marpac one which um you could charge up so if you want to use it on the buggy then that's a good one but literally anyone on amazon that just stays on all night will, will work yeah, yeah yeah you definitely don't um, want it to turn off because the minute it turns no. off they go, yes exactly um yes. so from the grow clock to it's quite a diva-ish piece of equipment but but i know that axel also uses one so that made me feel slightly better luna started sleeping um after seeing isla do it with a sleep mask on yes. she wears like an eye mask same um yes. hilariously she's still like but i need my little lamp on i'm like you're totally blacking out the room by wearing an eye mask okay yeah so we've been using the little silk one and um very funny it's got it's actually got zoe it's actually got my name on it so she's like i'm you and i was like if only i could get as much sleep as you (laughs) no Axel sleeps with an eye mask as well and he's also been spoiled with the silk pillowcase um so he absolutely loves that too I think I might even have to take it on holiday if he goes and stays at my mum's he takes it with him like literally will take it with him he'll remember um this isn't this is something else so Again, not from birth, but I guess we introduced one when Axel was maybe four years old and it was during lockdown. Do you remember? He was so anxious, really anxious. We didn't know what to do. Um, So we actually got him a weighted blanket. Yes. We, We did a lot of research into it and made sure it was the right weight for his weight and age. So it's not really, really heavy. It's a Spider-Man one. I got it from John Lewis and he really loves it. And it just, I don't know if yours do this, but at the end of the day, he can get quite hyper and yeah. like a bit yeah. manic. Yeah. But what it what it does is he'll get into bed and we'll put it on, put it on him and it just kind of calms him down almost and like re- like makes him reset and just like he doesn't usually sleep with it on I usually go in and he's kicked it off but he definitely starts the night with that on um so yeah if if you want to look into it I know that there's like a bit of a divided opinion on them um but for a four-year-old probably it's- yeah probably okay 
Yeah, love that. Um, listen, guys, thank you so much for being part of um, today's Q&A and sending in your questions. Um, and we are back to it on Tuesday. As always, please rate, review, subscribe and do, if you can, follow the podcast and then you won't miss an episode. Yes, and also if you have any suggestions for topics you'd like us to cover on these Friday Q&As because they are for you or anyone you'd like to come on for us to answer to ask yeah. questions, then we are hoping to do one with James and Dozza um, over the next few weeks. So watch this space. But please do drop us a dm we're on at made by mamas on instagram and we'll be back on tuesday made by mamas is an insanity podcast production and today's episode was produced by the lovely charlotte mason insanity group small details are big surfaces tight corners are odd shapes flat rounded textured or tall whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns, so you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade.